Ladies and gents, boys and girls, children of all ages, live from the hold on, man. Wait a minute, Mr. Producer, <laughs> Mr. Producer, what on earth, America? I'm your boy, Fongadelic Jones. <laughs> It's your boy Anfonasetti, and if you want to know where I am, you know I had a guest guest spot, hosting Modern Rock one hundred two point seven in the Rocky Mountains. And if you look behind me, you know a little bit short on schedule. We had to get right into the next thing. First, I'm hosting the hottest rock. Now I'm hosting the hottest podcast with my boy Sir Funkiness, doing it up. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on one second. I love all the appreciation and all the love and shout out to everybody over there. But Mr. Producer, what in the hell do we got going on here? Oh, man. I think I'm getting my unfair treatment here because <laughs> he in a radio. He in a whole radio station. Here I am sitting. I am sitting in a room at a table. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? It's cool. I, I see what the Lord is around here. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, look, man, it's dark on the East Coast, but here in the West Coast, still bright. Still bright. I'm not even going to say nothing. I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even going to say it. Let's get into today's episode, ladies and gents. I'm not even going to say it. First of all, we're going to always start with a five-minute rant. Brother Fona said, what do you have for the people besides you sitting in a radio station? Okay, so for me, you know, I just want to say we've been playing the Eagles all day long. But besides the point, we're we here to talk about the podcast right now. So what's been going on aside from modern rock? We're going to go into hip hop. We're talking about the biggest battle that happened this week. And everybody, of course, knows what that is. Jeezy versus Gucci. Oh, man. it I Words can't even explain how it went. Everybody's seen it. 1.6, almost 2 million viewers looking at this right now. And versus, I, I, I think they did it up. You know, it, it was a very exciting contest. Have, have you seen it? Have you seen it? Did you watch a little bit of it? I, I, I watched a little bit of it briefly. And I had, when, when, from what I saw, I do have my opinions about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? First things first, if, what, what a lot of people don't realize is, again, you you take somebody like Gucci, like Gucci's career didn't really, he was out in the 2000s, but his career didn't really take off until he really got out of prison. Like, yeah, he had hits in the 2000s. He had a couple of songs, but overall, Jeezy was a bigger star at, in the 2000s. We're going to just keep it real. I know a lot of people probably like, Funky, you wrong. You can always at me at Funky Delic Jones. My inboxes are always open. However, with them two, I know they got a lot of history. They got a lot of beef, you know, man. You know, at first it all started over a song that they they performed, but it all started over a song. Some people were saying that you know, Gucci, like you you wouldn't forgive somebody that put ten bands to, uh, to get you killed and all that good stuff. I get all that, you know. I'm not a person like me. I don't hold on to like. They hold on to a 15, 20 year beef. At this point, it's let bygones be bygones. The only thing that I want to address personally about the verses, and it goes to Gucci Man personally, 
why go why accept the invitation why go on versus just to do all that you know what i mean like I get that, you know, you had a, like, for him, it wasn't about wins and losses, none of that. He had some stuff to get off his chest. And granted, I know they probably ain't seen each other in the last 10, 15 years or whatever. I know they ain't seen each other in a while. But the fact that he ran into that, that it sounded like Jeezy extended the invitation to him. And you still and you went on there with the with the mission of I'm gonna keep disrespecting, I'm gonna talk about stuff that happened 10, 10, 15 years ago. We get all that. But at the end of the day, it's come on, bros. Like this, not not like this though. You don't do that on you're not gonna do that in front of millions of people. And granted, I know the way the world is nowadays, you know, everybody accepts talk, everybody praise toxic so much and disrespect so much. So a lot of people was on Gucci's side, was just like, yeah, Gucci did that, Gucci was on that, he was on that. I was like, it, it, it's bigger than that. But I'm, I'm gonna get your perspective on it though. I think I think the whole uh, battle was just like telling the story of the history of both of them. Uh, looking at the video, you know, they had their hits and they were doing their things and you had Gucci, he was torn and things like that. And then eventually he ended up playing the song, the most infamous song, which everybody was kind of, you know, shaking for. He played The Truth, which talked about him killing his homie, uh, Jeezy's homie that was supposed to take Gucci's chain. So after that song played, they, they got two words a little bit. Everybody at home was watching. People thought it was going to get real tense, but they kept it to the, they kept it to the music. And as time went on, you know, by the end, they said, all right, look, you know, Jeezy said, we could leave this right here. We could do it. And it led it to them playing so icy together, which was a moment for the culture. At the end of the day, people could say Gucci won. People could say Jeezy won. But the real winners are the culture. We got to see two people come together and seemingly settle a beef that lasted 15, 20 years and hopefully put that to rest, man. Uh, I, I think it's I think it was a great night for everybody. I'm gonna be straight up real with you. It was for the culture. The culture did win. However, I don't think the beef has actually settled between the two. Me personally, they probably just said, "Let bygones be bygones." Yeah, we're gonna do this for the culture, but at the end of the day, is you still gonna go your way? I'm gonna go my way. And at the end of the day, I personally ain't got no beef with that because you know what I mean. Sometimes you can't you you can't you can't resolve the best way to resolve some issues is. All right, we tried to make something happen. It didn't work. Let's let bygones be bygones. We want to keep it moving. Simple as that. Like, that's sometimes the resolve the, uh, the solution to some conflict. But I don't, do I think the beef is over? No, not not by a long shot. Yeah. Because looking at Gu- Gucci, look like he's the type of person that he don't let, he don't let a lot of things slide. And the fact that he, the fact that Jeezy, try to get somebody to take him out, he ain't gonna let that slide. I don't care if it's been, I don't care if it's been 50 years, he's not gonna let that slide. I, I think uh the battle of two great Atlanta Giants, I think it was something that I noticed in the battle is like to me at least it's easier to you know put bygones and bygones when you're the one who sent the hit and your mm-hmm. guy get killed. And then it's like, all right, man, that's the past. You know I me. Mean? Let's let's break this bread. 
but Gucci is the one who had him put the head on him. So it's harder for somebody like if you put the head out on me, it's harder for me to be like, all right, dap it up. I'm like, nah, you put a head out on me. You exactly. want to get this. That's, exactly. That's why I said like he he ain't letting he not just letting it, okay. We perform this song, you know, man, that started it all. But at the end of the day, we did it for the culture. But that don't mean I still like you at the end of the day. And and Gucci made a comment. He was like, my outfit cost 10K, which I don't think a lot of people caught. That was a little shot because that was the price that was on Gucci's head for the hit. And see, when he tried to switch it up in the battle, he tried to be like, I think that's when he, I think at that point in the battle, he was just like, let's have, let's have a, 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 a clothes battle or like a jewelry battle, like. My clothes cost 10K. And like when he tried to switch it up, I was like, this don't got really nothing to do with the battle. To me, it just showed like, you know, that that was just a level. That was just, I get that that was the number, but to me, it just showed a little bit of immaturity. Cause like, why does that even matter? How does why does it matter how much your outfit costs? Like you doing something, you doing something for the culture, for hip hop, for Atlanta. You're you're here for the culture. Now you're trying to switch it up and you're trying to make it about something that's really not really relevant, personally. Yeah, I think uh, you got uh, Gucci who was being Gucci, you know, and you had Jeezy who was like, all right, think of the bigger picture. We had a lot of people dying hip hop. We just try and get past this. And he was talking about the real estate and things like that. People had a field day with that. But, you know, you, you look at the battle and... I, I I don't know. I don't think it's over either. I just think nah. they they went their separate ways and it was just like, all right, it is what it is. Like they tried to they it was basically like Jesus it was Jesus attempt to squash it. Gucci basically looked at him just like, I'ma come up here and I'ma get some stuff off my chest. But this this ain't over by this ain't over by a long shot. Like granted. He, his his mindset now, he's not focused on Jesus as much as he did in the past, but it's never going to be just a, a dab him up, what's good, bruh, or let's be up on the track type of thing. I don't think it's at that level yet. It's not It's not even close to us working on a song, let's get this money together. Nah, it's, it's not there. It's literally just, we did this for the culture, let bygones be bygones, keep it moving. Yeah, I mean, you never know, but we, we could talk about this all day. We want to get into our topic for today, and we want to talk about is eight hours a day enough, you know, for working, or is it too much? That's that's what this girl on TikTok basically said, and she was like, hey, you know, I think we work too much. I think we only have about two to three hours that are actually productive, and the rest are just killing time. So I want to get your opinion on this. Uh, for people who are working longer hours, too, does it still apply? So coming from a guy that works 11 hours a day, is eight hours a day too much? I would basically say it depends on what type of job you do. That's all. That's that's why I'm gonna start it. It depends on what type of job you do. Like if you have an office desk job, yeah, you can probably kill. You can probably get all your stuff done within the first three hours, and then you just cruising for the last five. But when you and when you do jobs like myself, where you're on your feet for eight, nine hours, eleven hours a day, 
doing security. Yeah, it may be quiet. Yeah, it may be boring. But at the end of the day, you still have to be alert just in case something does happen. So it, it really depends on what type of job you do. Now, when you say eight hours too much, you look at work, you look at retail department store workers. Like, like you look at your average, you look at your average Walmart uh, employee. When is Walmart never, when is Walmart ever <laughs> slow? When is Walmart and Target ever slow? Like you like Walmart, like stores like stores like Walmart and Target are open, are busy from the time they open to the time they close. That's literally Walmart. So it and again, fast food. When is fast food ever slow? Never. Because again, you got breakfast and you got breakfast and you got the lunch and then you got the, the late night dinner rush. So it, it it all depends on like I would say no because it just comes from my job, my job experience, I would say no. But it just all depends on what type of job you do. Yeah, I, I, I follow up on that because I know some people's jobs are not the same as other people's jobs. Like there are people who uh, work for us, like for me, you know, uh, mostly just two hours and, you know, I get paid like eight. So it, it, it I, I can think about when I did jobs that were like a full eight hours and I was just like, I don't see the point. Because if you're in a, a clerical office and you're sitting there for eight hours, that's going to wind on you a bit, you know. And I've heard people tell stories about they didn't, they couldn't get past 90 days because after a while, it's just like I'm looking at a wall, I'm in a cubicle, you know. You're not really used to that routine, but if you're out there doing something more, you know, outwardly where you're traveling a lot. I just think it speaks more to the person than actually the job. Because if you're out there running around and errands and you're actually keeping busy, then time is going to fly, you know, a bit faster. You may be really tired, but time's going to fly a bit faster as opposed to just like staring at a wall, watch a paint dry or doing something where it's like menial. And to, to like, just to use it just using my experience, like prime example, like my job, me doing security for 11 hours, literally my whole day is at work from nine in the morning to nine at night. Literally my whole day is at work. But that like that job is not always busy, but however, you do get a little spurts, a little rushes. So yeah, I do have a lot of downtime. Just like you said with the cubicle, you're just looking at a wall. What mo most of the time what I do and what I deal with when it's when it's super slow, I'm just putting a lot of wear and tear on myself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, stand like standing up, legs hurt like crazy. You know what I mean? I'm still over here recovering from a, a blister that I got on the bottom of my foot right now, and that's just me standing up for eight, nine, ten hours a day. But at the end of the day, I've been around security for long enough that I put this wear and tear on myself. You know what I mean? Because again. Whether it was me doing loss prevention, whether it's me doing security now, security is a job that if you can't stand up, if you cannot stand up for longer, if you can't stand up for, if you if don't, if you're not prepared to stand up for a whole eight hours, they don't care how slow it is, it's a, you're not gonna make it. You know what I mean? You're just not gonna make it. So that's why I've heard a lot of security when they just be like, "This just man, like this all y'all do. This is boring. This is boring." It's boring, it's easy money, but at the end of the day, yeah, 
it comes with a price. Them legs be hurting. You know what I mean? Like them legs be hurting, them eyes be hurting. You just stand there, just you just get bored. You looking at you looking at the main road cars and, and fire trucks going back and forth all day. Hey, well, welcome to a dead life of security, though. <laughs> welcome to it. Yeah, and the thing about it is jobs are so various. You know, it's not just the nine to fives, which it could be really anytime. There are also people who do one to tens and like 10 to seven in the morning. And uh, you have some people who work certain jobs and they do uh, four tens or three twelves, what they call, where you do four days uh, a week at 10 hours and you do three days a week at 12 hours. And just working all those hours, I think uh, the culture, people, in America, really, because overseas in Europe, they have siestas. You know, everybody going to sleep around four o'clock. Everything shut down. <laughs> they take a nap. I think we need to take a page out of there. But, but you know, I think we kind of got too deep into the hustle culture mm-hmm. and need to take a step back and say, all right, we, we need some rest, you know. I mean, my thing is this, though. I ask myself now, what exactly is rest? Because I'm gonna keep it real with you. Five days a week, 11 hours a day, that's 55 hours a week. You would think on Saturdays and Sundays, I would sleep to like eight at night type of vibe. I'm still up at six o'clock in the morning. Like like there's nothing. You know what I mean? So it, it, it all depends. It just all depends on your mindset. It all depends on just like, I guess like your mindset of, of doing it pretty much. I mean, just because just because I work a lot of hours and I get my days off, it's still work to be done. You know what I mean? It's definitely it's still work, it's still work that needs to be done. I can't I can't just sleep the whole day away like like not like I have nothing to do. I'm I'm not a person that sleep that long anyway. Like I, I always up. You know what I mean? So I don't know. When she say eight hours a day, when you say when you say eight hours is is too much, what type of job does she do? Is the question. Yeah, but most most people they do you know typical uh fifteen an hour job, fourteen an hour jobs. They might be baristas or you know what have you. That's basically I think what she's talking about. Cause she seemed like she was in college, so she might have one of those uh uh jobs where you get straight out of college. Where you're not in your degree field, I put it like this: If you in a job, if you fresh out, if you already complaining, fresh out of college, talking about eight hours or too long, you ain't ready for the. You're not ready for the real world. I'm gonna be straight up real with you. If you, she signed, she she signed, she a part timer that they give her a, a one eight hour shift, and she just be like, "This is too much. I ain't working eight hours. This is too much. I can't do it." Welcome to the real, welcome to the real, welcome to the real world. Cause you got some people that work 16 hour shifts. You know what I mean? They do they hurt? Absolutely, but they don't show it. Because yeah. at the end of the day, they can't slow down. So if you if you crying at eight is too is, is too long, yeah, you're not ready for the real world. You're not ready to step into that box. So I'm gonna say, like, whatever you Whatever job you get, whatever job they got right now, they enjoy it because at the end of the day, when the bills come in and all that stuff, and, and I ain't gonna lie though, like 
we're looking at these extended hours, like going from working going from eight hours to eleven hours. I was like, I was like, man, I, I was like, I'm ready for it. I'm, I'm ready for it. Did my first week. I said, man, I honestly, I don't know what I walked into, but at the end of the day, you can't you can't complain because it's work don't stop, grind don't stop. That's the mentality about it every day. Yeah. So while we're on the topic, uh, let let's get this discussion. You know, what is the most hours you've worked uh, f- for a day? Mm, Sixteen. I pulled. Yeah. I pulled. I pulled a lot of doubles before. Yeah. You know, man. Like the one job I had, um, I should have said no. But me being a team player, you know, that's being a t- like. One thing I tell everybody is like be be available, be a team player, but don't be too available. I know that sounds confusing, but when you always say yes to certain things, that's when you start getting finesse. So I was working, I was working, um I cause they couldn't they couldn't find nobody to work the, the super early shift. So I was doing the super early shift and I was doing my two to ten shift. So I was literally like doing double, doing double shifts. That don't hurt. That don't hurt like crazy. But yeah, in sixteen hours, they they used to kill me though. Yeah, I, I'd say the same. But you know, I think that's because it was a combination of things. It wasn't just um, like typical work. You know, you had your uh, meetings, you had your phone calls and stuff like that. So it wasn't like I was, you know stationary the whole time it was mm-hmm. actually talking and interacting and talking to people so time was flying and then by the time everything was over with, I was like dang it's late <laughs> you know and it didn't really feel like I was working for a long time because I was busy and that goes back to what I was talking about earlier like you do something and you just keep it busy and it helps the time go fast because I know like You've been in a situation, we've been in a situation where we had that job. We just keep looking at the clock and the clock just keep going slower and slower. You're just like, man, like, hurry up. So uh, just looking at this whole thing, I think it's interesting to figure out what is good for other people. You know, I just think, you know, going back to what you were saying about what is rest, you know, um, like, for me, when it comes to rest, it could be something that's like watching TV or like taking some time to just like listen to music, chill before you get back to, you know, work. Or like me, I'm a napper. Like I could do long shifts and then take a nap and get back to like another long shift. But not everybody is wired the same way. Like not everybody could pull like a 10, 12 hour like you where they might say, oh, no, I can never do that. But then again, not everybody's wired the same way. So I think however many hours you can do, I think you have to factor that into when you apply to a job. Like like you were saying, uh, you're not ready. You know, if you're not ready to uh, take on a workload, you know, can't do it. Like, like, like rich people, uh, wealthy people, a lot of these celebrities, you know, they see uh, people see celebrities with all this money and wealth and stuff like that, but they don't see they're working long hours, like really, really, really long hours, you know, and you can see it <laughs> on their face some of the time, but that just goes to tell you uh, it comes with the territory. I mean, in, in 
you look at, you know, with with my schedule, you're breaking it down between like working 11 hours for five for five days a week. And then come Saturday, you know, I might put an hour into my YouTube channel. I might put in, so that, that's an hour right there. Then I turn around and I might do um, like four hours, five hours on Twitch, streaming for three people. I mean, that's not a big audience, but an audience is an audience. So you're looking at like, that's a five, that's five, six hours. That's another five or six hours of working. Like I know people say, oh, you know, Twitch is just, Twitch is fun. But no, nah, that's work at the end of the day because, you know, I look at everything from a business perspective. I may not be the greatest Twitch streamer ever, but still I just have fun with it. So you're putting in like, that's six hours out of the day of you just working, you know, and you, you probably, I probably put in another, you put another two hours in probably trying to figure out how to market you know, new avenues and new ways to market the podcast. I mean, it's always work at the end of the day. You know, I, like I said, I, I guess I guess you can say I, I hustle or I work I work like a millionaire. You know what I mean? Or I, like I work I work and hustle like like my back is against the wall every day because the work really don't stop. The grind really don't stop because, yeah, you're going to get your rest. You're going to get your, your time of, of peace, but Long story short, I got you. Got to keep it moving. You got to keep it moving as much as possible. So, would you say that you're a workaholic? Nope, not even close. Not even close. Like you got workaholics and somebody that works from sundown to sundown. I don't work for sun. I don't work from sundown to sundown. I just I work a lot, but I I wouldn't classify myself as like a workaholic. So, it's because it is with my tight with my tight schedule. I have to fit things in certain places like you know what people think like people think oh you got the weekends off you probably just chilling no you know this is the time i like so basically basically i'm, I'm gonna tell you like i told my man at the, at, uh one of the dudes at the job was like nine to five gonna pay the bills but nine to five ain't gonna make you rich you know what i mean so now you got you got money through friday which is gonna be the main job which is again, that's gonna get the bills, car note, all that good stuff. Saturdays and Sundays is again, that's where the big aspirations come in, like marketing the podcast, the, the Twitch, the YouTube channel, all these, all these things that could potentially make you and make you start blowing up. You start blowing up the bigger what it is, you know. So I get that that big house outside. I, I get that big house outside of the inner PG inner PG county that I lived in for so long, but. No, nah, it just you know it's I got a I got a goal and that's what I'm gonna strive to get to it though. But I'm not a workaholic at this point. I work all day, every day, 24 hours a day from sun up. Nah, hell no. Hell yeah, no. I got things to do. <laughs> I I think there's a definite difference. Like for me, I consider myself a workhorse, but uh, I look at it and I know the difference between a workhorse and you know, somebody who just work, work, work because they think they have to. And being a workhorse, is just like enjoying productivity. It's not enjoying work per se, but enjoying productivity. Like being one of those people where it's like, they can't just like say, stay still for a long period of time. Like I have to do something. Or like I have moments where I'm like, I feel like I'm supposed to be doing something, but I don't know what. So I'll, I'll just find something to do, you know? So I think 
when you take in your day job and do you take in your side hustle, you take in like a hobby, all of those to me, I consider work, you know, maybe not the hobby, but I consider work, you know, things that can help you move to the next level. But that's, that's basically it for me on this topic. That's what I'm saying, man. So to close out to, to the girl that would say eight hours is enough, I'm going to pray for you because you can ask any person that had a real job. I don't care if you can ask, you can ask somebody that work at, at your local giant at Safeway. Some of the, some of them managers be putting in 10, 11 hours a day in a grocery store. That's probably, that's probably, you probably run ragged in a grocery store. <laughs> I'm dead. Like, you probably run ragged in a grocery store. But however, at the end of the day, they get it done. So for eight hours, if you complain about eight hours, you got a long way to go. I'm going to just leave it right there. Yeah. And basically all I have to say is, you know, time exists when you enjoy what you do. So mm-hmm. that's how some people are able to go years within the industry they enjoy. So what we're going to do, we're going to move into our next topic. We want to talk about our boy, our friend, Nick Cannon. Uh, everybody knows he's been fired from Viacom for reasons. You can look it up. And DC Youngfly, who he was on the show while and now, recently had an offer from Viacom and they was giving him allegedly eight figures to become the host of the replacement of Nick Cannon. They're trying to do a new Wild and Out and he told him straight up, no. He said, you know, Nick Cannon, the one who put me on, Nick Cannon's the one who uh, helped make my stardom, get my name out there and get me in a position to where I could take care of my family and ain't enough money in the world for me to turn my back on him. So, What's your host take on that? So two things, you know, actually three things. Yeah, I know I'm, I'm always the person that say money talks, you know, cause it really do money. When money is thrown in a situation, money do talks. And this is a conversation that we had at the job literally a couple of days ago. So this is like a perfect com- conversation. Uh, first things first, I do applaud DC Young Fly for, you know, being the, you know, being loyal enough. You know, DC Young Fly already had a platform before he got on Wild Now, but Nick Cannon made kind of elevated his platform even more, you know. Um, so, you know, kudos to that that he wants to um stick to the gun and say, like, nah, this man put me on, this man did, this man did, you know, a lot for me to help me, you know, boost my career. So I give him that. Second, the the second thing, the the final thing I would definitely say before I pass to my man Aaron is, I know Nick Cannon is some is somewhere. If he talked to DC right now, he would tell DC to take that. He would. He would tell DC Young Fly to take it. Now it's, it's not about it's not about the loyalty thing. It's the simple fact that if they're getting like it's it's all about opportunities. If you can like you can take this opportunity, be the host a while and out this reboot. A while ago, and again with the personality that DC Young Fly already has, you know he's he's probably gonna kill it. So it's just like I know Nick will probably be like, "Yo, I appreciate it, but yo, take that opportunity. You can take that opportunity, do your thing. That's gonna create other opportunities. You know what I mean? He might he might go from being a host of this reboot to being a host of I don't know one one of them little singing shows on Fox or one of the, like, I guess, you know, he gonna, he, he gonna, he can put himself potentially in 
Nick Cannon's situation. We all know Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon was the man when it came to hosting shows. When it he he was the he was the blackface for most typical white singing shows anyway, hosted by Nick Cannon. So he can he can put himself in that kind of box if he wanted to. That's why Nick will probably be like, "This is why you should you should take this opportunity." But at the end of the day, you know, DC Young Fly said, "Nah, you put me on. I'm not gonna mess with that." I ain't got nothing. I ain't got nothing but love for. It. I ain't got nothing but respect for. It. I, I I think it goes back to the old adage of all money ain't good money, and exactly. you also and you also got a factor in. You know, maybe DC don't want to be a host. Maybe he just want to be a castmate. You know, you I have people, that too. You have people who just want to, you know, just just have fun. You know, they don't yeah. want that responsibility that comes with doing this, doing that. And nobody was really worried about Nick Cannon. Like, they was upset because, you know, Wild Now, one of the high shows on MCV and VH1 at the time. But nobody was worried about Nick. Nick got a million jobs. <laughs> Nick Nick Cannon got jobs back to back to back. He He's not hurting. But I just think it's the fact that, again, all money and good money. And that's like we were saying, you know, that's a conversation they would have to take, you know, if... DC were to, you know, consider it even just, just having that idea of saying, Hey, you know, this was proposed to me. What do you think they have talk go, they have a talk over it and whatever comes of it, you know, that that's what we get. And we either see DC young fly as a host for the reboot or we don't. So this whole aspect, you know, of good money and bad money, it's at the end of the day it comes to loyalty, you know, if it, if it took me, you know, crossing my homie and stepping on his toes for me to make a million, a hundred million, I, I, I really don't care. You know, I don't care for money because at the end of the day, you know, you, you got to sleep on that. You know, you got to think about that. You got to carry that. Here's, here's, here's what I'm about to say. This is going to, this is going to twist a lot of people's heads up because we had this conversation at job. We, we was talking like, it, it, it all started literally from like Justin Timberlake. Cause you know, man, we was, I was listening to a Justin Timberlake song. I was like, man, Justin Timberlake, that's a bad white dude. You can't say, you can't put nothing on Justin Timberlake. You know, I had my man to the job was like, Justin Timberlake is a sellout. Cause he left in sync. I was like, how did he, like, how do you, how did he sell out? Because he was given a bigger, cause he was given an opportunity to be bigger than just in sync. So when you so and I had to break it down for him. You look at Justin Timberlake, Tony Braxton, Michael Jackson, Beyonce, Ice Cube. The list goes on and on of people that were in groups, and they were just like, "I got a bigger, I got a bigger, I got a chance to do something bigger than you know, just than to be just known for one thing." You know what I mean? Will we will we even know Beyonce like she is today if she never left Destiny Child? Probably not. She would just be, oh, she's just, she was just a member of Destiny Child. She ain't got no bad blood with Destiny Child because with Kelly and Michelle, because at the end of the day, she brought him back. She'd be bringing him back for reunion. She brought him back for the Super Bowl. She's done all that. So there's no bad blood between that. Same thing with Ice Cube. They had their beef, but they he cool with most of the NWA members now. That was something that happened back in the day. But this is why I, this is where I came to the, the conclusion of where I was like, him and if if he had brought if he if he if they offered uh, DC Young Fly to be the host, and DC Young Fly take that to Nick, Nick will probably break it down for him. Just like, look, 
if it's a good opportunity of it fits your situation, at the end of the day, like take it. You know what I mean? Because again, opportunities don't come around every day. Like I could say right here, right now, I know I do a lot of projects outside the podcast. If my man Aaron came to me right now and, and was like, yo, yo, phone, like this, like this, 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 whatever this gig is, I feel like it's a good opportunity to ask me to do this, 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 and this. I can't, I can't be the dude that's gonna sit back and say, so you're gonna leave the podcast or you're gonna just leave me hanging like that. Nah. I'm going to sit back and just be like, yo, it's not a dope opportunity. You need to take that. Like, don't worry don't worry about the podcast. The podcast is going to be the podcast, but you need to take this opportunity that's given to you because at the end of the day, this 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 uh, opportunity that's, that's given to you, it may, it may spin off to something else. It may break up, branch off to something else. It may turn into something else. So that's why I keep telling people, I'm like, if opportunity is open, you know, take them. Now, granted, like you said, all, all money ain't good money. But sometimes sometimes it's not about the money. Sometimes it's about the opportunity. Yeah, I, I want to piggyback off of what you said about the NSYNC and the uh, Jackson 5, things like that. I don't really see that as selling out. That's opportunity. That, that yeah. goes across music. That goes across sports. That goes across entertainment. Because out of that, there's always, you know, one or two characters that are Standouts, you yeah, know. Bigger than I said that, and I saw it's always a bigger member of the group that are stars, and people look at that and they say, "Hey, you know." I think the group looks at it and say, "Hey, do your thing," you know. I'm I'm not going to stop you. Hey, I mean, let me let me be your backup singer, you know. And I think right there is just genuine love and genuine support. Where it's like if you're doing your thing, you know, anything I can do to help. You know, just let me know. You go reach your star. You go uh, be the best you can be at this opportunity. And for me, I'd be upset. You turned it down. You know, you up here all one everybody. I'm like, no, you go do your thing. Because opportunities don't come around a lot. So if you don't take this because you want to be cool, you want to be nice, I'm going to jack you up. You better go reach for that brass ring. So that's what it's about. You know, they have their conversation and if Nick, you know, and Nick and DC Young Fly say, hey, you know, be your host. At the end of the day, I know for me, uh, I'm one of those people where it's like, if it's helping you feed your family, because DC Young Fly, you know, he has a, a child uh, mm-hmm. with his girlfriend. If it's helping you feed your family, helping you put food on the table, go do it. Because I know how hard it is out here. I know it's hard trying to get your start. So, if it's gonna put food on your table, don't worry about me. Do your thing. Put your food on the table. That's all that matters. And see, and we can take it back to when we say it's the standouts. It's it's always it's always that standout because whether it's a show like Wild and Out, even if it's like an independent film, it's not a box office film. It's just a film that goes to Sundance or an independent film where they show independent movies. You never know who's watching. Yeah. Now, when you watch, when you watch, when you when we watch Wild and Out, who was who are some of the big stars of Wild and Out? Chico, Carlos, Manuel Hudson, and DC Young Fly. Those are like the big stars. And out of the, and out of them, they probably like, we're gonna take you know DC Young Fly because he's always he's he's like he stay consistent to us. Cool. That's if you're in an independent movie 
and you give it like a small role of like a dying scene or something like that. It may be a producer that's just looking at that, but like, I need to speak to them. I need to speak to her. I need to speak to him. Like, his his acting is is I see the passion. Like, I, you need to give me this person. Like, that might that 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 one role may jumpstart you to getting a supporting role in a in a box office movie. May get you a leading role in a movie. So that's what I say. It's really all about the it's, it's about your opportunity. That's what I'm saying. Like, if the opportunity is there, take that jump. Now, granted. Some people, some people can option and have a package deal. You know, I mean, some people can, some people can come to package deal. Some people can finesse it. Some people can't. You know, if my man Ern, if Ern gets a a deal somewhere or he gets a gig somewhere, he can try to, you know, use his power and just be like, you you don't get me without the podcast. Some people may bite on that and be like, you know what, I do like y'all podcast. I'm going to sign you and the podcast as a whole. But some, but some things just be like, I ain't gonna lie to you, Earn. I mean, the podcast is cool, but I just want you. I, I don't, you know, the package, like, come with a package. I, 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 that wasn't, that's not in the plan. I just want you, mainly you as a solo, a solo star and a solo, a solo, a solo act. So no beef with that. But you know, uh, this whole situation. Just goes back to tell you, you know, at the end of the day, like we said before, you got to do what's best for business. You know, Triple H says it all the time. Mm-hmm. You got to do what's best for business. At the end of the day, you look at Destiny's Child, like you were saying. You look at NSYNC. You know, you look at a lot of these groups, Jackson 5. Uh, the main person went on to be a star. But after that, they always had specials where they brought them people back. And at the end of the day, that's loyalty. You loyal to me, I'm loyal to you. Right. You you don't forget where you come from. And I think that's the beauty of it. You know, mm-hmm. with DC Young Fly not really wanting to take the money or Destiny Child performing from time to time or Jackson 5 when Mike was alive performing from time to time. They showed that you don't forget where you come from. They brought back something that people really enjoyed. So that's all I'm really happy about. But OK, so before we get up out of here, we I want to talk about something really, really small. Um, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving a little different this year. Lori Lightfoot, the uh, the mayor of Chicago, recently told a lot of people in Chicago that, yeah, you're not having Thanksgiving. You're not going over people's houses, stuff like that. Uh, uh, several other mayors are saying the same thing for this city. So what is your situation? Is it X'd out? Is, is it still on? What's going Thanksgiving on? Thanksgiving is still on. I don't, yeah. I I don't know. I, I can't speak for them. Thanksgiving is still on. You know? Yeah. Granted, like like with Thanksgiving, we don't have a lot of outside people. Now, granted, we might have some outside people slide through, but this year it just might be like, yo, you're not immediate family. Mm-hmm. No. But for you to say, oh, Thanksgiving is canceled, <laughs> you can kick rocks with that. <laughs> yeah. That ain't, that ain't about to go down over here. Now, granted, now I could like I could see Black Friday being being canceled, but Thanksgiving being canceled? No. No. You know? Yeah, I, I know for me, uh, the only thing that's changing this year is we're going over different people's houses than the usual years. You know, we're not ha- having over the typical house because of different reasons, but it, it's still on for me. You know, there are people who go out there who going to listen to people, but for me, I'm just like looking at the turkey, looking at what you're saying, 
okay, so anyway, you know, why I go fix my plate, put some candy yams on it. I don't, I don't care what you say. But, you know, they say the same thing for Christmas dinner. It's going to be the same drill, you know. Anyway, let me fix my food. Y'all go listen to any, whatever y'all got to say. But still on for us. At this point, and I, I know why the mayor said that, you know, they trying to be like, oh, well, you know, because that's all. The, the main word we've heard all 2020 was COVID. COVID, 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 COVID-19, coronavirus. That's why most. That's why the mayor said, "Oh, y'all ain't going over there because that's that's spreading it and stuff like that." I hate to sound like the bad guy, you know, but in my words, I, and I'm gonna take a page out of my book. I, I, I paid. Guy. I paid my dues to be controversial. I paid my dues to be controversial. Best way to be. So, I'm gonna just say it straight like this: We've heard COVID all 2020. If y'all not gonna fix the solution, if y'all not gonna come up with a with a, a a better solution than just six feet with a mask, people don't give a damn at this point. <laughs> people don't give a damn at this point. Yeah, you still got the people that's that's walking around hand sanitizing it up. I'm not going here because you know it's a lot of people over there, and that's fine. Ain't gonna be with. But the people are the people that's probably like myself. Who sat back and, and sit and say, you know what? I'm sick of this. I'm like, look, Thanksgiving's still on, Christmas is still on, New Year's is still on. People just don't care at this point. I know you can say whatever you want about me on this show. I will take it. It don't even matter. Like you can sit there and be like, well, phone, you don't know what the spread and all this good stuff. I can give a rat's ass about it. Just give me my mask, give me my soap, and keep it moving. That's all I need. Other than that, I'm not about to sit here and walk around. Well, I'm not leaving. I'm not ever leaving my house. I have to go to work. I have to make my money. It's just that simple. So Thanksgiving dinner start at 3. I'll be there, I'll be there to help set up, and let's keep it pimping. I'm going to get my sweet potato pie and watch some football. Uh, I'm going to say this before I head out. I'm going to say these three things. If you let people with COVID vote, but it can't do anything else, strike one. If you out here and you got these governors, you got these mayors having dinners and stuff like that meeting up, but we can't, that's strike two. If you out here and you uh, have like one week, we're able to do all the stuff. We all have been in the streets and doing this. And the next week, oh, guys, it's really bad. You know, don't have fun with your families. Don't leave the house. Strike three. It doesn't make sense. Say, no, I'm going to do, I'm going to live my life. I'm going to do my thing. No worries. So Thanksgiving on, Christmas dinner on. We we still out here living our lives, doing our thing. <laughs> I'm going I'm to close it all by saying this. Unless the air is like misty green or poison purple. Like like the mist, the, the movie. That'd be the only way that I literally be outside. Like, you know what? <laughs> I don't even think I can go outside today, boss. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, because again, I've lived through, I've, I've had to go through the Ebola. I've had to go through H1N1. They said the same exact thing. So with that being said, do I think do I think coronavirus is real? Yes. Do I think it's as serious as they say it is? No. The media has <laughs> done such a great job of hyping it up 
that it just keeps scaring the hell out of everybody. Do I think Trump is used use coronavirus to pretty much put the country in debt and steal from us? You goddamn right he did. With that being said, the basement Friday moves again as old folk and delegates. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we up out of here. It's your boy Aaron Fondacetti. And it's your boy Funkadelic Jones. Look, go eat. Peace. Bye. Go eat. Good turkey. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. And save us a plate.